You are listening to the Vine Church Sermon Podcast. Thanks for joining us. For more information about the Vine Church, please visit our website at www.thevinemadison.org. Yeah, so Matthew 25, 1 through 13. Matthew 25, 1 through 13. Today's Father's Day. Love being a dad. As I think about being a parent, one of the things that I learned really quick is that in parenting, you got to be prepared. Now, there's no way to like be prepared. You know, a lot of young young married couples wonder like, "Am I ready?" It's like you're never ready. You just adjust, right? One of the things we had to adjust to uh, was the need to be prepared at a new level. I learned this in a hurry when Taylor was born. You know, life as a couple, no kids, very different than when you have kids, right? And the first thing that struck me was the difference in taking a road trip, right? My, my wife and I are actually leaving today to go to a conference for Acts 29 uh, in Colorado, and it's just the two of us, two small carry-ons, maybe a light backpack. We're good. When ta- yeah, Colorado. <laughs> yep. And when we had Taylor, man, where did all this stuff come from, right? You got the pack and play. You got the blankets. You got the snacks. You got the stroller. You got the, the toys. You got the books, like all the baby gear. You've got to be prepared for the unexpected when you've got a little kid. A lot of you are feeling that right now. You got little ones. You know what it's like. Man, we had a minivan, and we only had one kid, right? Nothing was pretty full. What's the deal with all this stuff? Like, well, the deal is oftentimes kids bring things that are unexpected, and so you want to be prepared. You should prepare for the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. Be prepared. Well, that's what Jesus, again, is talking about in our text for today. And this sermon today is kind of part two of what we talked about Last week, if you weren't here last week, I'd encourage you to go on the website and check out the sermon from last week. Because Jesus is repeating himself. And you hear me say it all the time. If we want to be good students of the Bible, we have to pay attention to repetition. You have to pay attention to repetition in the Bible. And it's not that authors... It's... And James, what do we got in those bins today, man? <laughs> Dude, it's good. It's good. Chase, it's good, man. It's good, bro. I love it. I love it. So repetition, it's not that, peop- that the authors are like forgetting that they said something. Okay? You with me now? Repetition is emphasizing something. Okay? It's the biblical author's way of emphasizing something, right? So what was the emphasis last week? The emphasis last week was Jesus just saying, I'm going to return, and I want those, I want everybody to, to be ready. Hear my words, you can bank on them, and be ready, be ready. 
Jesus seems to think that being prepared for when he comes the second and final time is very important. The stakes are really high. And so his repetition is because he loves us. His repetition is for emphasis. So building on what we talked about last week, Jesus paints a powerful picture about perseverance in preparedness. How's that for alliteration? Powerful picture about perseverance in preparedness. Okay, let's look at verse one. Your heading in your Bible says probably that this is the parable, the parable of the ten virgins. So Jesus is what? He's telling a story. What's he doing? He's illustrating a point. Okay, so that's, that's the idea we should be starting with. This is Jesus illustrating a point through a story. Verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. All right, so hold on. What is going on here? There's some historical things going on here that we don't understand because this is not part of our culture, but it's very much part of their culture. Jesus is painting a picture about weddings, and they do weddings very different than we do weddings. This is ancient Middle East, Middle Eastern Jewish context, okay? Very different than how we do weddings here, okay? So let me just give you a little background. Let me fill you in on the historical context so that we can start to understand what Jesus is doing here. What is this about virgins and lamps and bridegrooms, right? So in the ancient Middle Eastern context, a wedding ceremony or a wedding party could last for days, okay? They really loved to celebrate weddings. And oftentimes what would happen is it would culminate in the groom or the bridegroom is the word the Bible uses, they would have like a formal processional, okay? And he would leave his house and be accompanied by, the Bible says here, uh, virgins, young women, maybe bridesmaids. So it's him and this group of young women as his escorts. And they would escort him in like a processional or a, par- or a parade to the bride's house, Okay? And they would like pick her up, would be kind of the the symbolism here. And then they would all head back to the groom's house where there would be feasting and partying and kind of the culmination of the wedding ceremony, okay? And this is oftentimes this would happen at night. And so that's why these young women need to have some light, torches or lamps, They didn't have street lights. They didn't have flashlights, right? So they needed some lamps or or a form of torches. And that's what Jesus is describing here. Look at it again, verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. So when Jesus says that, all of his initial hearers, they understand. We don't understand, so that's why I'm explaining it, all right? So there's this processional. Imagine that in your mind, a processional of young women with the groom going to meet his bride, okay? Verse two, five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. 
Okay, so verse 2, right off the bat, we have a contrast. Do you see the contrast in verse 2? What's the contrast? It's the wise versus the foolish, right? You see that? Five were foolish. Verse 2, five were wise. So pay attention in your Bibles to when Jesus makes a distinction between wise and foolish. There's a lot of gold that can be mined there, okay? So Jesus is here contrasting the wisdom of being prepared with the foolishness of not being prepared. Man, I, I really, really like to be prepared. Prepared is a big deal to me. And the way that I know this is all of my nightmares. All of my nightmares, all of them. Rarely do I ever have a typical nightmare of like someone's trying to kill me or chase me or something. You know, that's what my wife has all the time. Um, my nightmares are this. I'm standing up in front of the church and I got to preach a sermon on the book of Isaiah. And I keep flipping and flipping and flipping and it's just not there. It's not there. And I don't have any pants on, right? Or it's, it's the um, opening night. I, I participated in, in, in theater in high school just a little bit. And it's opening night of the school play. And for whatever reason, it just happens in my dream that I skipped all the rehearsals. And the curtain opens and you just got to wing it. And the other one is uh, finals week in college. And, and you got to show up and take the final. And it just dawns on you that you, you skipped all your classes. All semester, you skipped, and you didn't realize that you skipped, but you did, and now you have to take the final. Uh, I used to be a music pastor. Another one that's all the time is, you know, I, the, the lead pastor is looking at me, saying, it's time to get the service started, and I didn't bring my guitar, and I got to run home and get it, and I'm running behind, behind, and I can't find the musicians, and I can't find my charts, and it's just like this disaster of not being prepared. I love being prepared, Right? Being prepared is a good thing. Jesus wants his, his people to see that. I want you to think about being prepared. What does being prepared look like in Jesus' parable here? Well, the answer is it looks like anticipating something, being prepared for something. What's that? Just the, the unexpected, the unexpected. You might need more oil for your lamp, right? Five of these women were wise, and they came prepared with some extra because the unexpected might happen. Five were foolish and did not prepare for the unexpected. Again, what's wise versus foolish? Jesus says it's prepared or not prepared, ready for the unexpected or not ready for the unexpected, right? Now, we do this all the time in our human experience, right? We're prepared for the unexpected. It's part of just living in our, our human life. Like, think about it like this. You know, you never expect that the boat's going to tip over, but that's why you wear a life jacket. You're preparing for the unexpected. You never, ex you know, expect the plane to go down, but the planes are designed and engineered to have, you know, safety after safety after safety check, where if this system fails, there's a backup system, and there's a backup system for the backup system. Airplanes are always prepared for the unexpected, right? 
a few years ago, the two pastors of Redeemer City Church and I, Nate Holbert and, and Casey Johnson, and myself were driving up to a conference in northern Wisconsin, and we were on a you know, small county road, and you know it's a 55-mile-an-hour speed limit, and we're in Casey's big F-150 truck, and we are going this way, and we're going north, and we're going probably 60 or so, and there's a T intersection, and there's another car coming this way. We don't have a stop sign or anything, and uh, evidently this, this side does, and we're going, and we're going, and I remember just thinking, how come this car's not slowing down? How come this car's not slowing down? And then my last thought was, I, I mean, it is true when you get in an accident, like everything slows down. And it's just like this vivid thing that happens in a split second. But I just remember thinking, I cannot believe we're going to hit this guy going this fast. And then boom. And the airbags come out. I, can't see, I didn't know this because I've never been in a high-speed car accident. Uh, the airbags come out. You can't see anything when the airbags come out. Because all this dust comes out with the airbags. It's like flour. Um, and then, you know, we pull into the, you know, it's just all the screeching chaos and madness, and it all happens in like a two seconds. Breaks, we, uh, we stop in the ditch, we're not rolled over, get out, you're just thinking, get out, get out, get out, you know, it's all adrenaline, you get out, everything's fine. Um, not a, I mean, I was about to say not a scratch. Casey had a scratch, a little bit of a uh, burn on his hand right here from, from the airbag coming out. That was it. We all walked out, not a limp, not a scratch, nothing. Well, why? Because we're wearing seatbelts, right? I was, I was in the back, in the middle, and kind of leaned up because we were talking. And had I not been wearing my, my, my seatbelt, I would have gone through the windshield easily. But I didn't have any injuries, nothing. What are seatbelts? Seatbelts are just a normal, everyday way to be prepared. We weren't expecting to get in a high-speed car accident. But those seatbelts were the form of preparation, being prepared for the unexpected. And it probably saved my life, as far as I know. I mean, you never know. But wisdom would say seatbelts, right? Wisdom says, in a car going 60 miles an hour, prepare for the unexpected, wear your seatbelt, Right? That's the point that Jesus is making this morning. Wisdom equals being ready, being prepared for what can't be predicted. Foolishness equals not being ready, not being prepared. And here's why. Here's the unexpected that Jesus is going to tell us in the story. Look at verse 5. As the bridegroom was delayed. Y'all know how weddings go. Things don't happen, right? The pictures take longer, right? The food isn't ready. There's a problem with the DJ. Right? We all have delays at weddings. Well, they, evidently they did too. So the groom is delayed. That was not expected. The processional can't go as they're hoping it would. And so what happens? They all became drowsy and slept. So it's kind of a long delay, it sounds like. And this is what gets interesting in the the story. The focal point here is this delay. It's going to take longer than they expected. Verse 6, let's keep reading. 
But at midnight, there was a cry. Here's the bridegroom, the moment they've been waiting for. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, meaning got them ready to light up and do the processional. Delay, the delay is finally over. The unexpected is finally over. The bridegroom appears. It's time to gather with the bride and let the, let the feast begin. But now we've got a problem because five were prepared and five were not. Five were wise and five were foolish. So look at what happens, verse 8. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. So what's going on here? This is kind of a weird turn, right? Is Jesus commending selfishness here? Not sharing? Well, of course not. We, we have to remember another great principle when you read your Bible is what's the genre that I'm reading? We don't read a letter that you write to someone in the same way as you read a poem. There's differences in genre, and so there's different ways of interpreting based on the genre. Well, Jesus here is telling a parable. And in the genre of parables, there's usually just one main point. And if you want to scan ahead, you can look to verse uh, 13 to learn the main point. Watch, therefore. That's the main point. Be ready. Okay? So the point is not about sharing or not. The point of the whole parable is be prepared. Be ready. Persevere through the delay in being prepared. Okay? So not every detail of a, of, of a parable is analogous to some part of our human experience, right? And the reality is, if you know what the main point is, then it all makes sense. You can't share your preparedness for Christ's return with somebody else. That's not something you can transfer. So that's how you should understand this. He's commending being prepared for things that can't be predicted or controlled so it's not about selfishness, all right? So, so just make sure you don't read it that way, all right? Let's finish our parable and see what we can glean from it here. Verse 10. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, like that's, that's Jesus speak for, this is as true as it gets. Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So that's the end here. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So what do we make of this parable of Jesus? What do we make of it? I think it's this. Perseverance in preparedness. Perseverance in preparedness. Perseverance in preparedness for the unpredictable. 
What did Jesus tell us last week in our text? Like, you don't know the day or the hour. It might feel like a delay, in his, like his, in his parable today, it might feel like a delay. Persevere. Persevere. When you don't know what's going to happen, there's great wisdom in persevering. When you, when you don't see it come to pass, when you don't see it come to pass, it's easy to think it's not going to happen at all. Jesus knows that about our human condition. And so he's a loving, faithful teacher, leader, savior to give us words to, to say, if you have ears to hear, listen, you can take these words to the bank. Don't give up. Persevere in being prepared. It's kind of like this. Imagine if you were, a lot of us are really into camping. Nice weather, love to get outside, the great outdoors, right? Imagine you had a family tradition of camping every year in Alaska during the summer when it's beautiful, the mountains, the fresh air, right? Well, you're going to need perseverance in being prepared if you're going to camp in Alaska every summer. Why? Because there's grizzly bears, right? There are grizzly bears everywhere in Alaska. And you can imagine that there's a, a loving, faithful guide. And they tell you, like, here's what it takes to have a successful camping trip year after year in Alaska. Like, you want to have a firearm. You might want to have some bear spray. You never leave food in your tent, right? But imagine if you, if you camp there year after year after year. It's a tr- family tradition. And week after week of always being up there, you've never seen a grizzly bear. You've never even seen evidence of a grizzly bear. 20 years in a row. You know there's grizzly bears there. You've never seen one. I think over, those, over that time, over, over the, that, um, that period of just of, of two decades, it'd be easy to not pre- persevere in being prepared for a grizzly bear. So that, that, that one year, year 21, it's like, do we really need the bear spray? Do we really need to pack the firearm? Do we really need to be concerned with how we handle our food? But this is that year that you finally see the grizzly bear. And it doesn't end well. Why? Because you got lazy. You didn't watch. Verse 13, you didn't watch, therefore, and stay alert. You didn't listen to the warnings and the promises of the faithful guide. Just because you've never seen one doesn't mean they're not out there. Like the guide lives up there, and, and, he, and he, he or she knows what they are talking about. They provide instruction in being prepared because they want to, pers- uh, they want to preserve your life if you're willing to listen. Right? 
Matthew 25, 1 through 13, parable of the 10 virgins. What is it? It's just Jesus being a faithful guide. It's just Jesus being a faithful guide. He speaks the truth. He knows the truth. He is the truth. He wants to guide you into the way of the truth. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, you don't know the day or the hour. Be ready. It's going to happen. These are eternal matters. We want to be those that listen and are watching and trusting. Perseverance in preparedness is what Jesus is commending to us this week and last week. And let me just, as we close here, let me just remind you, so many of us are asking the how question. Maybe you're new to your faith. And you're like, I don't know what it it means to be prepared. I don't know how to be prepared. Let me just read this quote, and then we'll be done. We need no secret guide to staying ready for Christ's return. The counsel of Christ is familiar. We should pray as Jesus taught us. We should remember all his teachings, learn from his example, and imitate his kindness, patience, and boldness. We should identify and dethrone our gods, whether wealth, honor, or security. Above all, we should embrace the gospel daily. What what does that mean? It means when your feet hit the floor, you remind yourself, you preach to yourself more than you listen to yourself, What is this truth that I stand in today, right now? What's my only hope in life or death? It's Christ and him crucified, risen from the dead, seated at the right hand of the Father in all authority in heaven and earth and promising to return to make all things right. Do I trust that today? The answer is yes. Do I trust that that is my only hope in life and death, my only salvation today and forever? Then you're ready. Then you're ready. Above all, we should embrace the gospel daily. We believe that Jesus is Son of God and Savior. We live in the light of his grace daily. We seek mercy when we sin or fail, and we extend mercy to others who sin or fail us. To embrace the gospel is to receive it as the supreme form of love, this is what it means to be prepared. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this good news. You are the faithful guide. You are the faithful one who leads us in perseverance, in preparedness. Father, would you help us to continue to persevere? Lord, may we not waver in what seems like a delay, but recognize that your delay is is, is kindness and patience for those that have not yet heard. Lord, may you continue to make us bold and loving as we seek to engage with those that don't know these things. Father, would you help us? Would you help us? Make us a light in this city. Make us a light to the nations because of how we carry ourselves in this time as we wait for you. We say, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. We long for you. In Jesus' name.